What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 67 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. I am your host, slash your boy, Chris Pugh, and I'm joined by my very good friend and Mr. Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis, a mere 10 minutes after we recorded our last episode. How are you, dude? I mean, I was going to say, it feels like earlier today since we did our last one. It's These ones are starting to feel closer and closer and closer by the day. The main reason why I wanted to point that out is because we're going to be wearing the same clothes and we're on video, and I don't want people to think that we like we haven't <laughs> we haven't changed clothes for a week. I just want to point that out now, um, just to add a bit more light on that. Uh, we just recorded our review of Gajira's Fortitude, which was episode sixty six of the Noise Podcast. So if you yet if if you've got to this episode and you're yet to listen to that, uh, please go ahead and listen to it. Um, you will see that me and Sam here uh, are on video now. Uh, we're trialing this out until we can actually be in a room together and start videoing the podcast in that sense. Um, if this video, I'm saying we're in video form, but as you would have known, uh, me and Sam are having some connection issues and occasionally his voice drops. Uh, so if being in video during this episode is causing that to be an extra problem, Sam's going to message me and we're going to drop to audio form. So if you're watching this on YouTube and it's purely in audio, the reason for that is because Sam messaged me and said it wasn't working. We had to drop to audio form. But Sam, want to get some shot, uh, housekeeping in. We are fortnightly, and at the moment we are weekly, rock and metal podcast sponsored by Starbrain Records, available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to slash watch podcasts, me and Sam will be there. The best way to support us is by liking slash subscribing. Um, so if you are on YouTube, please subscribe. If it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it would be, follow, like, whatever, whatever that system uses. That's the best way to help us out. On our last episode, as I mentioned, we reviewed Fortitude by Gajit. So go back and listen to that if you are yet to hear it. On this episode, we got uh, one question I'd like to put to Sam, something for us to discuss. A quick piece of news, there hasn't been a lot going on really, is one thing I'd like to uh, dissect. And then we've got new albums from Cruelty with There Is No God Where I Am and Asaya's Lost to talk about as well. Um, As well as that, I should at the end of this episode, be joined by Asaya's frontman vocalist. Um, that interview hasn't actually happened yet. Um, so we're recording this on an evening and uh, on a Thursday evening, sorry. And I'm meant to be interviewing him on Monday for this to release on Tuesday. So if that interview isn't included, the uh, the reason is for whatever reason that didn't happen. Sam, uh, we're going to get on with the show. I am go- I would like to ask you, Sam, we've never done this before on the Noise podcast. We are just coming up to the end of April now by the time this podcast is released. What has been your album of the quarter, Sam? While She Sleeps by a Hair over Teenage Wrist. Mm, curious. Oh, right, okay. Is there any band that would have just shaved third? Um, well, we reviewed them 10 minutes ago. Gajira. Right, okay. Um, dude... Obviously, we spoke very, very, very recently about Sleep Society. That review is also up on the channel if you want to go back and listen to that. Um, how do you think that Sleep Society is probably going to end up being the landmark sleeps record outside of URA for you? Yeah, I think it, I think it's the landmark. I think it's their best record since URA, and it, I, I've, I'm still. I'm trying to figure out which one's better. I, I think you are we still their best album. Mm. As I listened to it again um, during the week that we reviewed Sleep Society of the week following. 
and it's just perfect. It's just perfect from start to finish. Um, and I found a couple of flaws in Sleep Society, but not many. Um, I, I, th- I think this is going to be an album that pushes them and makes a massive difference for them down the road, especially with the, um, the features that they had on it as well. Getting in Biffy, Clar- um, Biffy Clara's frontman was a big deal for them, I think, and pushes them in the right, right sort of direction in terms of making the leave that Architects have made over the last six months as well. I think it could be um, a massive album for them, yeah. Dude, what an opening four months for this year for music. Yeah, it's it's been it's been extraordinary. It, it really really has. Uh, I feel like we're saying this, you know, every every six every six months, but it, it does it does feel like metal's getting better. I mean, it really, mate, really does like sort of every six to eight months. This has been a new crop of bands of bands coming through. Um, just what after one after the other after the other after the other. Um, and then obviously going back and doing our um, music writers experience and filling in the gaps of some of the great albums of the last couple of years from you and even further back it's it's nice to see that the strength of metal hasn't waned at all and it's going to continue going to continue but I think yeah the alternative music is just phenomenal what's yours? Well whenever I love an album Sam I put it into an album of the year playlist on Spotify for that specific year. And mate, I, I have never had an album of the year playlist this long at this point in the year, ever. Like, I'm just going to run through some names here. The Dirty Nils, um, Fuck Art, was incredible. Uh, Gatekeepers EP was in unreal. Uh, Lonely the Braves record, Frozen Soul, The Young Hearts, Teenage Wrist, Architects, of course. Enforced, they've got probably that's going to end up being the best, the best thrash metal album of the of the year by a mile. That new Enforced record, Kilgrid, is wicked. The new Celestial Sanctuary album, the new Woad album is the best black metal album I've heard in years. Holding Absence, that Holding Absence while she sleeps, we discussed that, and we discussed we discussed Cannibal Corpse. Uh, we didn't discuss To the Grave, uh, but I've put them in my list as well. Um, from there, I would say Teenage Wrist, Earth is a black hole. Made that album's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I think it's like insane. Like, I think it's like, mate, how perfect is that album for me? It's fucking unbelievable. I love it so much. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, 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 I adore it. It's so well written. Yeah, it's perfect. It's it's a mix of Gaslight Anthems and Menzingers, but also with this like sort of like a clean guitar British edge to it. Um, that sort of gives it a little bit of legitimacy. It makes it a little bit more dewa and a little bit less. Stoic. Oh, 12, yeah, it makes it more stoic. You're right, and, and if I, I love that type of music that you describe, like with Gaslight Anthem and Menzingers and the Young Hearts and Spanish love songs, but not for a Howl album. Like I can't get through twelve songs about your childhood. Just can't. I can't yeah. do it. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, that. That that's what it all seems to be about. And and, and this Teenage Wrist so- album features a bit of that, but also there's a pop sensibility and efficiency. And a real depth to it. And there's a, a gorgeous guitar sound. Just utterly, utterly transformative guitar sound on it. I think it's just wonderful. We didn't review it on the podcast. And no, it, for it, that. it came it came a bad time for us. Well, as that, as well as Sam, I didn't know anything about it. I'd never heard of him. Um, and then no, me neither. I saw a few people talking about it on Twitter on a Friday, you know, new music release day. Saw a few people like, wow, this Teenage Wrist album is incredible. Da, da, da. And you know, I'm like, curiosity peaks and i'm like right okay let, let's see what we're talking about here and mate the second that chorus hits for new emotion i'm like these are amazing this is like unbelievable these are amazing um, and then mate high again oh 
Yeah. Oh, incredible. It's so good. And then there's gasoline, yellow belly. I mean, bro, REM sounds on yellow belly. Yeah, so I, cool. I, I, I agree. There were, um, we, we were talking before um, when we reviewed, I think it might be the cold years, and we were talking about the absence of great British rock bands and, and great rock bands in general. Yeah. Um, why not these? Man, that teenager with Sam Earth's Black Hole is awesome. Um, in its second place for me, I'd probably put Fortitude by Gajira. And then probably for those that wish to exist, would go third thus far. But how exciting for me and you, Sam, that like, dude, we've got like eight months left of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, music is amazing. Heavy music is amazing right now. There's so much cool shit going on. Uh, so many great bands. So many great young bands. Um, man, so exciting. Uh, th this is by far the best start to a year that we've had since me and you have been best friends discussing music. So a really, really exciting time to be a music fan, uh, especially an alternative music fan, Sam. And we can um, start talking about gigs soon. Oh, don't, please. Good Lord. On, on the <laughs> Dude, we haven't done a live review in like, I don't I was know. Gonna say, we I haven't done a live review since we did. Turn we went to Turnstar on the 12th of March, right? So, uh, 2020. So, we haven't done a live review in over a year. Dude, that really fucking sucks, man. Like, I, I hate I hate that with all of my might. 15 months and 10 days. Oh, jeez. Um, and then, obviously, you know, we don't know whether Green Day will happen yet um, in Huddersfield, uh, the St. John Smith That's Stadium. Good. Still the I, most I random thing ever. I want to do a podcast about just that show, if it happens. Yeah, like... The whole I, experience. You know what we should? Like, dude... That experience of being in a, in a stadium in the little Huddersfield as our first gig back for Listen Green fucking Day, for that boy, <laughs> that's gonna be so wicked. I really hope it happens. Um, yeah, oh God, just live shows in general, like please, man. Um, Sam, let's kick off the show in proper with one piece of news that's come up that I think is actually worth interest and discussing. And the reason for that is we actually, we just spoke, we spoke about the news when it first broke. So it's only right that we come full circle and close that off. Uh, John Schaefer, who is the iced earth guitarist has pleaded guilty to the capital riot charges, Sam. Um, John Schaefer, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase from the news article here. He's pretty guilty to two charges that were related to his kind of involvement in the riots that the US Capitol broke out in January uh, in regards to the end of Donald Trump's presidency. Um, he kind of struck a plea with prosecutors. Uh, to He pleaded guilty to obstruction of an official proceeding of Congress and trespassing on restricted grounds of the Capitol while armed with a deadly or dangerous weapon. Holy shit. Uh, the, you know, the first charge alone is punishable, is punishable by up to 20 years in prison, while the second carries up to a 10-year prison term. Um, he also admitted to carrying bear spray with him into the Capitol building of those riots as well. Bear spray. Uh, bear spray. Um, originally charged with six offences, faced 30 years in prison. According to CNN, his attorneys and government prosecutors have recommended that he be sentenced for three and a half to four and a half years. That news story is up on metalhammer.com if you would like to listen to read that in more detail. Dude, don't you think it's insane how, like, his original like prison sentence was looking at 30 years, but because he admitted it, it's dropped by like 26 years. It's fucking insane, isn't it? It is, but prisons are overpopulated, aren't they? Oh, oh they holy can't. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. They can't, they can't get it. I, I, that, 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 Obama, that, that, that Obama read out, and he's got um, America accounts for 20% of the world's prisoners. 
Yeah. Despite having like 2% of the world's population or something wild. Insane. Um, Insane. So, yeah, but it, it's, it is what it is, isn't it? It, it? It's just how the system works, unfortunately. Well, I mean, dude, we, we basically the reason why I wanted to bring this up is just to not only close off that news story, but dude, he's, when he gets out of prison, his career, his career is fucking dead, isn't he? Um, yes. Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I mean, I've listened to Iced Earth records and they're not, they're not terrific. Um, but um, even, even, even for whatever degree that they're doing for their fans, it's, it's a, it's a huge shift for them. I'm assuming they're going to sort of replace him, but him as a, him as a guitarist, as a public figure under that, at least under that moniker, I would absolutely say so. I, I mean, I mean, that, that being said as well, I mean, Phil Anselmo, he's kind of got away with a lot of stuff, hasn't he? Well, he has, yeah. And this he's is come, he's come back. Is there a world where, like, in 2029, is he, and he just sort of, like, starts doing some bits and bobs, he just becomes, hey, that guy that did that stupid thing back in the day? Well, this is what so I was going to say, like, world. Are, are we using rehabilitation, could we use rehabilitation here? It does feel a little bit different to that, doesn't it? It's not like, you know, he, he assaulted someone. You know, he's he's you know gone out of his way to try and to try and stop a democratic process in America. So, can we use rehabilitation here? I guess, I guess, I guess so. I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to. I know, I know that's not what you try. I know this is what you're, what you're trying to say. But like, if you're protesting a, a vote for any other reason, you would also be stopping a democratic process, and and. Obviously, that's that would be that would be fine in certain circumstances. You know, you can exercise your right to protest. Um, I'm I'm not too sure um, his beliefs to this degree can be can be rehabilitated, um, but I, I'm not necessarily sure really that they that they that they absolutely need to in the in the sense that he he's not like a drug dealer or a, a crime lord or a rapist or whatever. That that needs to that that process needs to really sort of engage with him. Really, he's he's an idiot who did some really stupid stuff, and he took a weapon. That that was the, probably the worst thing that he did um, to a parade and a protest that, that that was really 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 stupid and dangerous. But I'm I'm not too I'm not too sure that a rehabilitation program would change anything. I'm also not too sure a 15 year to 20 year sentence would mean anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm 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 unsure entirely what the right course of action is. Um I can I can only hope that he's not stupid enough again to do that sort of thing in the future. Um now if he'd been one of those people that had actually utilized the weapon and, and actually assaulted an officer and taken one hostage, and then he becomes a domestic terrorist, which on a on a more physical assaulting level, and then that's a different kind of being. But just being there. And sort of shouting in the right places and taking a weapon but not doing anything with it, I do think that puts you on a lower tier and it just puts you in that moronic band of, of people that were there. And I think four years and the ending of a music career, I think he's he's probably the right sentence. There's not really a lot that we can add to this. I just wanted to mention it just to close off us talking about the new story originally uh, a guy who should have gone to prison has gone to prison uh, justice has been served uh, whether it's the right thing to jail sentence or not that can be debated for a long time but obviously as we discussed there's some um, mediating factors uh, in America at the moment 
in terms of prison sentences. Um, so, yeah, John Schaefer is going to go to prison for, it looks like, at least three and a half uh, to four and a half years, as he should. Um, Sam, not really a lot happening in the metal spectrum, alternative music outside of that. So, no time, not the present time for us to roll into album reviews. We are going to start with Cruelty. There is no God where I am. It's released April 30th via Church Road Records. It's a band's debut full-length album. They're a band from rugby, Sam, not too far from Coventry. So they are not too far from our neck of the woods here in the old Midlands. Um, Sam, this album stands out to me as a throwback to classic metalcore. And when I say that, I'm not talking about Killswitch Engage or As I Lay Dying or Shadows Fall. I'm talking about Poison the Well, Converge and Botch that early 2000s original fusion of hardcore and metal. I agree. I agree. I think there's a lot of potential here. There's well, a lot, there's lots of like this band. Well, I mean, mate, as soon as a lie that makes life bearable hits, you've got this frenetic piercing guitar sound meets this really thudding drum sound, which is, I mean, that is, classic to the early 2000s metal metalcore and that final breakdown is very very code orange code orange-esque uh sam i mean yeah i am i am i am too to a to a to a degree i think i think there's 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 points of this that are really really terrific i agree comes out the, comes out well um and comes out the gate really really nicely really raw frenetic like you mentioned that's the cartel breakdown with a little drum fill that go like sort of like snare stuff that goes into the, the, the nice little breakdown well in um, something that I've never I'm, not, I'm listening to this thinking oh that's new it's like you say it's a throwback um, it's a lot of um, tropes of different types of genres that are sticking together but I think there are some really really nice moments here I think it, I think it peaks at the album peaks early um, in the sense that Spiritual War I think is really really good there's some nice changes of tempo it's obviously occasionally indecipherable because I think partly because of the mixing and the rawness yeah, of the band yeah, yeah. That, doesn't, that doesn't help them out and there's, there's some some sloppiness, like as a drummer, there's some bits where the drummer like like mistimes fills a couple of times and comes back in a little late or a little rushed or whatever. But I think that's me being like picky and stuff uh, for who they are as, as a band right now. But there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of groove here. There's a great groove on Spiritual War. Mount um, Melody at the end of that song really took me by surprise. It's like a real lead section that really really helps them out. Um, there's there's some really nice moments on here, like Crimson Eye. Really, 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 really solid song. Yeah. Um, really picking up. It was atmospheric at the beginning. Same with Dead Culture. It was back to a hardcore, almost not loose-esque, just straight punchy, hardcore style. And I agree with you. There is a hell of a lot to like about this band. And for a debut record, there's there's a mix of brutality and initiative um, and some some real moments of creativity here. I think this band are at their... I know you talk about the freneticism you talked about their opening track. I think this band are at their best when it's slower, when it's really meted out, when it's thudding and it's stomping. Um, but I, that's that's just a that's just a perfect thing because I think the up-tempo thrashy stuff doesn't play as well to their raw recording style. I think a bit of that gets lost in translation a little bit. When it's actually slowed down, um, there are some... There are some moments here where it's like really, really, really interesting. Um, there's a bit at the end of mine. Um, there's a ra- it's like a rapid song, and it's a nice change of pace, a mid-tempo transition. And there's this middle eight in that song that's really classic metalcore. And it felt like Texas in July when they this sort of band just sort of slows down and plays this that the metalcore breakdowns that I love 
where it's like chunky staccato heavy riffs and then there's like a, a continuing lead pattern sort of like underneath keep going going over and over and again i really love that type of stuff it just wasn't long enough for me you have the obligatory scary clean guitar on like sort of cut that shows a little bit of progression because i was thinking all right is this you know is this playing in one gear um, but I thought I wanted that to be longer. I didn't want that to be an introduction. I wanted, I wanted that to actually see if that could turn that into a song. So what I would say is that on the, on the plus side, there's lots to like about this band. There's still areas of improvement. I still think they're a bit raw, a bit, bit sloppy at times. And some, some of the songwriting needs a bit of tweaking. And some of the transitions need a little bit of work, especially on the percussive end. And there are points, I think, when the vocalist could work a little bit on his vocal melodies in terms of sometimes he just follows the riff. And that's perfectly fine. But I think it was, um, I think it was near the end, um, where the the, the 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 guitar riff is like, duh, 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 and the vocalist is just following that. So it's like, uh, 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 and it's just repetitive. You know what I mean? I would like to see more situations where he'd sort of find the fine vocal melodies that actually snake around it, thread over the top of it, and complement it and contrast it rather than follow it. Obviously, that's a deliberate choice the band has made, but that's just a personal preference. Other than that, though, they're a new raw band that's hinted to real progress, potential, and creativity. And that's exactly what Metal needs, and I'm glad that we keep pumping these out, local boys as well. Dude, I think it's awesome that, like, this album is a throwback to classic metalcore, but also I get the knock-loose vibes on Spiritual War. Mm. So it's it's like a throwback, but also a kind of... It's self-expressive of the current time, right? You know, Spiritual War has got that knock-loose, wincing riff that makes them sound really sharp. But then once once the full tempo starts running, you can't help but think of Pupil Slicer Right and that chaotic pace yeah, shift and the flicking intimate riff, similar to Mirrors. Uh, it breaks off into these like quite big post-rock soundscapes that you were talking about. And just like in Mirrors, that style was quite important to that album, not sounding like a mess. It's kind of vital mm. here as well. Um also, there's a big, massive Slayer solo that breaks out at the end of Spiritual War, which I'm absolutely all <laughs> yeah. for, of course. Um, Crimson Eye is is more of a, of a pure, pure throwback. I mean, that has got that gives me huge Jane Doe by Converge vibes. That does. I mean, ju- just this absolute fucking wall of noise and, and, and complete insanity. Um, for and you mentioned Dead Court as well, you know, in an album that goes a hundred mile an hour for maybe its entire runtime. Uh, this one still actually managed to catch me off, off guard. It's got like two minutes of like utter, utter chaos. And the second I finished, I had to listen to it over again to try and really take some things on board because it opens this, this thick metallic breakdown and transforms into something of a, a more spidery metal passage guitar riff song that, you know, that either really punches you or leaves you gobsmacked. And there's a, there's a, in about 90 seconds in there, there's a truck of shredding out of, that literally drops out of nowhere. Then a, then a bass solo comes in after it. It's literally just these jabs from all these different corners that just keep catching you off guard. Um, you mentioned that like in sometimes the message does all get lost in translation. I really wish that we had a lyric sheet for this because an album called There Is No God Where I Am 
and there's a song on it called There Is No God. There is, if there is a God, he does not believe in me. And song tracks like Barren Land, um, Barren Land in Bloom, and the title track. The sound like that they, they could be really, really interesting lyrically, but I'm gonna call it what it is. Uh, this is a you can't hear <laughs> this is an album that lyrically you can't pin down. You're gonna need that lyric sheet. So it, anything. I heard the title, the title used the title a lot in the opening lines of the songs, which yeah, is, which is helpful because I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely that one. Um, and that's that's it. Literally, like there is a space reserved in all of like eternal like fortitude for uh, sorry in sort of uh, all of eternal like rich for PRs that are able to get hold of lyric sheets and send them out because in albums like this they really are important. <laughs> like, mate, how much more did we get out of Mirrors by Pupil Size? So by having the lyrics and being able to like really obviously the songs are sick because it's like metallic hardcore and it's brutal and it's cool to listen to, but also being able to pick apart the lyrics and the actual context of the song really, really helped me with mirrors. And it's a shame we didn't get that here because I feel like that could have really knocked us up. A step in terms of enjoyment here by the way i haven't mentioned it yet i really like this record um i'm really into old school metallic metalcore so i was always going to and uh, sam do you think a, a, a lyric sheet would have helped here yeah i do i, I, do, I do think a lyric sheet would have helped here um i think i think it, it is exactly what it is it is a it's the first it's a debut album from a very raw band um playing in what sounds like a live recording studio experience not a mastered mixed and tracked studio experience um and as a result these these songs need a little bit of tweaking and pulling together a little bit um and they would benefit from in their second album having some backing and getting into a studio and really laying these down to be meticulous and, and things like that and i think that would massively help and then obviously when the, the full content comes out that we can actually see the messages that they're trying to get out but musically, which is the way, really the main way we can judge it based on that. There's clearly some good songwriters here. There's good, certainly some good musicians here, especially on the guitar end. Um, and I think that can that can help push this band forward. Because like I said, I, I, I can see something here. I can see something here. I mean, dude, in the press notes, this album's described as like this takedown of spiritual forms. And I'd love to see how that plays out, considering what it's surrounded by musically. There's like this instrumental fuzz that closes out if there is a God who does not believe in me that yeah. leads into mine. And it's a really clever transition. And I love when bands write tracks that really piggyback off of each other and like blend into one. Kind of like, you know, we were talking about Fortitude and a chant on the new yeah. Gajira album. Um, you know, I, I love when that happens. And that, that was like really, really clever and interesting part of this record. But mate, for me, the, the most interesting part of this album is the title track. Dude, this seven-minute obtuse wall of brutality and, like, angular force, and then <laughs> violins come in, and then these really peaceful guitar interludes drop out of nowhere. And and when I first saw the length of the track, I thought, right, it's going to be a seven-minute breakdown, and I like the sound of that because this album's been really solid and gnarly and nasty and just a complete tough punch for, like, 40 minutes. And it ends up being this real epic from like an ep there's like this is it's this kind of metallic epic and there's a moment where towards the end each member comes back in all at the same time and it's really like an eclectic like kind of 
forceful way to end this record that's been really like relentless for 40 minutes. I was really shocked by it, but it was really, really interesting. And um, again, Baron Landing Bloom, I'm consider I'm, I'm assuming that song discusses the divide between rich and poor because they're from rugby, which is known as an area that's got this really strange, like you're either like really rich or you're absolutely skint. Uh, and there's this really huge divide there. So I'm assuming that track kind of dissects that lyrically, but uh, thematically it sounds like poison the well on the opposite of December. How could you not like that? Poison the well are amazing. Opposite of December is an amazing album. Um, so for me, dude, I'm really, really in here. I mean, I'm saying, dude, I prefer this to the first Code Orange record, I Am King. Uh, I prefer this to Ithaca's Language of Injury. Uh, I prefer it to Employ the Serves first album, Greater Than You Remember. And I really like all those albums. Dude, this is, this is a metallic hardcore album that's a great start and sounds like you're listening to Botch in 2000. Dude, put these on a lineup of Pupil Slicer and Employed to Serve. Make it happen yesterday. I, I agree. Imagine the how terrifying that geek yeah. lineup looks like on paper as well. Great for a tenner. I would deserve cruelty and pupil size. Yeah, it fucking would be great for a tenner. <laughs> yeah. You get your head caved in for, for less than £12. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of potential here. Again, I'm a sucker for... Once, you, once you've convinced me in three or four songs that you're good at one particular thing, show me what else you can do. And that's what this that's what this band does. There's, a, there's hints of other stuff here. There's hints of progression. Because we've we've been here, we've been doing this for a while now. I mean, you've been listening to metal for an even longer time than that. Um, we know that variety is what sets you apart within your records, as 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 well as consistency. And that's that's what I saw a little bit starting from this band here. And I think there's some there's some real progress to be made with this. I think this is a positive debut. There's obviously some things to move on um, to to move forward with, and some things that I need to sort of work on moving forward as we every debut album ever there's a bit of rawness and a bit of potential that needs to be secured but i agree with you i agree with you there's lots to like about this there's lots to like about cruelty sam we're going to close off the show before my interview with a vocalist ricky comes in this is a loss it is released on the 7th of may a unique leader records uh, it's the northeast deathcore band's third album i'll tell you what sam unique leader records are having an absolutely fine 2021 aren't they because this year they've done humanity's last breath they've done distant and they've done to the grave as well now we haven't reviewed to the grave on this show but i can assure you that their nice. new album, mate, their new album epilogue is like this and it absolutely bangs. It's really, really good. So, uh, Unique Leader Records, thank you for being alive, whoever's fucking running that art label, because they're making some absolute stellar choices with who they're getting on their roster. Um, Sam, I, I actually want to talk about the artwork for this album first. Have you ever seen a cooler artwork in your entire life? <laughs> And it's this is mate, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's like a decaying mansion in the eye of a purple storm. If you've ever anything yeah. more metal in your life than that, so cool, <laughs> so cool. So does someone listen to this? Be like, what? Red and black wasn't available. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I, this is. Um, you take one look at this album, you know what you're expecting, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get you get it, like second. Like, oh, this is this is the. It. 
Mate, if Ron Seal made Deathcore, bro, yeah. like this is this is what this is what's going on in here. Um, <laughs> oh, this is fucking absurd at times. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, dude, it's great though. I think it's fucking yeah. wicked. Yeah, I, I think it's terrific. Um, there's an introduction. I'm like, cool, it's building me up. Classic death metal, pathetic fallacy, right? Just setting the setting the scene, whatever, sorting me right out. Yeah. And the moment the second law comes in, right off the bat, bro. Right, right off, off the, the bat. bat, blast beats and this crushing death metal riff. Typical changes. I'm like, all right, all right. I know. Forty seconds, and I know. I know where I'm gonna be. Um, uh, there's an exceptional breakdown at the end. Oh my god! I, like, the, oh. I will not die on my knees. Moshcore with the isolated drum sound. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And I was like, oh, oh, what? what I'm, he- I'm hearing breakdowns with vocals. Don't hear that very often anymore. Big fan of that. Um, because when you can mix that staccato type shit with some vocals and lead going on, that's where you actually start incorporating as part of a song rather than some bolt-on thing that you have to do a breakdown, so let's just chuck one in. Um, and it actually feels incredible. And then, then Paracusia, or Paracusia, um, which I think is my favourite song on the album. Um, at the start, it felt like a bit like Death Squad Anthem by Thoughty's Murder. That sort of like that sort of like real groove. I'm like, yes. How many E's are in the brie on this? I set the over. I set the over under at fifteen. I'll go. I'll go over every single fucking time. The double kicks within brie now. I was like, oh my god. Now, it's a classic stereotype, and you can't help but giggle sometimes, but fuck me, it sounded terrific. Yeah. There's, it seems to be like he's in a competition with himself how long he can hold his vocal for. Like, it's this, there's one where it's, it's like, endless. It's, it's just continuing. Yeah. I'm like, how is he able to do this? Um, and then it, it kicks in, and it increases the tempo near the end and slowly builds up to this fast pace. I thought that was absolutely terrific. There's an after the burial fading on Queen of the Sorrow with this high pitched like echoing guitar riff and all, and then it goes into this tech metal type style um, writing into this fast paced metalcore um, um, feeling and and same with same with same with Temple Punisher which felt a little bit like an album track but it followed the same sort of thing. Um, I also want to talk about um, there's a nice stuff start on Lost um, but the crazy breakdown at the end of Lost. Uh, with that growl that he does for what feels like two and a half minutes, and he doesn't breathe in between, and then um, the nasty breakdown at the end of Terracide Compulsion, stomping and chomping with like real groove, uh, and it's just top tier um, extreme metal. And by halfway through, I was like, "Is this a better extreme metal album than Cannibal Corpse?" And I was already making that comparison in my head. Yeah, I was already making that viewpoint. What I will say, before I get to my favourite part of it. Uh, what I will say is that because the breakdowns are so good and because the endings of these songs are so fucking wild, by track seven, I'm like, when's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? And it almost takes, it's not their fault, but like for me, listen, it almost completely makes the first half of all the songs obsolete by track eight. I find myself listening to it just waiting for these breakdowns and these ridiculous two and a half minute segments at the end, waiting for these change ups. To the point where the first bit just feels like a, almost like a YouTube advert in the middle of what I'm actually watching. Do you know what I mean? That's my only criticism: is the endings are so good that it makes the first bits just utterly unnecessary at times. But I want to talk about "Eye of the Swarm" 
featuring Ben Durr from Shadow of Intent. Fucking hell, dude, that song. Because I was I was looking at that thinking, please, please yeah. let it be. What it what what it sounds like in my head was this like dual battle of two of the fucking scariest sounding people I've ever heard in my life. And it's absolutely a dual battle of two of the most scary people I've ever heard in my life. Um, because the growl at the start and the way the way that they switch between one from the other is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Oh, and also Bender still, thankfully, sounds like a video game villain. Yeah. Like he, he sounds like if you if Godzilla was in a band, like he's I, I talked about this with the Shadow of the Tech a couple of years ago. How the fuck he does this? How he sounds like he does. Extraordinary. Having those two vocalists on this on this song at the same time, that type of vocal style is a feat of human uh, of human achievement that I will never get my head around to make those sounds. Whatever studio tricks you do to even enhance that, it's it's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. What I will say is, after that point, it peaks and it does drop off a little bit for me. All right, so the last two or three songs on the album uh, are decent, but I feel like like songs like you know ominous mind accelerate oh that's fine perfectly all right sandwich echoes i enjoy the breakdown and already lived um I, I enjoy the fact that they reversed the growl by putting it at the start and stuff but what i'm trying to say is it's a fantastic death metal album and the, the endings are so amazing and so well put together and so brilliantly fucking written and beautifully mixed oh my god this clean mixing style that those parts are so good that the first half a dozen of those endings almost make the rest of the songs almost obsolete almost immediately. And also after it peaks, it become it feels I don't know, just less impressive after it peaks. That's what I, that's what I will say is that as an overall album, it does fade towards the end because of that. But at its absolute best, at its absolute best, this is Deathcore by numbers in terms of like the same same with same mechanical corpse. It does absolutely everything you want in a Deathcore album, but it does it so well. You don't care that you've heard these versions of it before. It's just brilliantly written, brilliantly played, extraordinarily good sounding, well mixed and violent. But like I said, fades off towards the end, I think, for me. Sam, would you agree if I said that I think this is a more organic death metal, deathcore album that we've heard from Brand of Sacrifice, Shadow of Intent and Rings of Saturn? Um, when you say organic, can you be more specific about what you mean in terms of the writing process? Like no, like less, less electronics. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, agree. I, I think this is much more hate or Whitechapel self-titled album era than like Deathcore seems to be going down. And I love it, by the way, I should point that out. Deathcore seems to be going down this like electronic route in with like the monolithic sound, which I love. But this album very, very much goes down the 2012 is murder route. Which is awesome. Yeah, I, 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 bangs. I, I, I agree. I was actually surprised when I saw the artwork and when I heard the opening song. I was surprised at the lack of like classic deathcore atmospheric type songs and introductions. Like there's a bit at the start of Loss, and I was like, oh, okay, they're, they're doing the you know that little clean riff, that three note, you know, sort of horror movie style riff that every death metal deathcore band's put on their album. I was like. I actually expected more of that stuff or yeah. at least more of those, you know, thudding rain and lightning and then a death core, like the black metal tropes and stuff like that. Or I expected it to have like, like you said, a bit of electronic, a bit of synth. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. In I would say Spartan, perhaps, because it's just four or five blokes uh, playing together. But 
that that also implies that there's a there's a rawness to the mixing. It's not because this is airtight. Um, but yeah, it's 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 four or five terrific musicians once again, um, just just absolutely killing it. But the the vocalist and the drummer, I need to. I want to see this drummer do this live. I'm not entirely convinced his actual feet doing this because some of the some of these some of these breakdowns. How are you able to play 30 second notes that fast that consistently um, without some help? I there's no way. There's like yeah. machine gun pistons. This is, this is extraordinary. Noah, Noah Plant, his name is. He's amazing. <laughs> he's, like, uh, he's really incredible. It's just uh, just absolute, absolute absurd. I would literally would like to sit behind his drum kit just like that, just watching. Because it's, it, it, it is, when I say machine gun, I mean it just that the pistons of a factory is just absolutely extraordinary. But um, and I, I really like this record, but do you agree with my assertion that the breakdowns are so good that it actually takes away from the rest of the song? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I, I agree with that. Um, I kind of got that on the title track. Um, but what I would say is that there are, I mean, listen, man, this is a deathcore record, but there are some slight change-ups that, that, that do kind of mix things up a little bit. On Temporal Punishment... There's a genuine like change up in Ricky's vocal styles at the midpoint. He starts almost rapping, and there's like there's a hardcore beat down at the end as well. There's a, there's a little taster of something new. My favorite moment of the whole album is the kind of with Chris Wiseman, who for those who don't know is the guitarist of Currents and Shadow of Intent. That Chris Wiseman esque riff that comes in and makes it run like it. it, it there's like a mosh call. And then Chris, there's like this Chris Wiseman riff that drops, and then it runs through again, and it's so clever, hard as nails, and um, really, really brutal shit, man. This this whole album is just, is just like sledgehammering. Strangely enough, I think this is the first thing that's ever happened. Like there isn't really a lot more than I can add to what you've said. Really, I actually like agree with everything that you've said. Um, and the, this is an album, and I don't mean the I don't mean this as a slight to the band. But this is an album that is quite easy to describe, isn't it? You know, we make you know we make the dark is murder in 2012, and the shadow of intent comparisons minus the electronica, and the humanity's last breath and distant comparison. You know what this record is. What I would say is that humanity's last breath, distant to the grave, and Osiah, they all managed to pull off this and Sam this monolithic production sound yeah it, it, it's yeah. stunning yeah yeah it's, the, it's an utterly huge sounded album absolutely the, huge sounded album the way this record is produced is insane like it is honestly some of the some of the kind of real like epic moments that the song is built around just like you know you've got the you just image of me sitting in my chair with a wind blowing me back Kind of like this like, explosion, this like fury of sound thrown at you. Um, yeah, this album is this album is distant that from Dust to Anguish EP that we did by Distant. This album is that stretched out over like 12 songs. It's awesome, it's big, harsh, horrible deathcore. Um, really, really great record. I really, really like this. Um, I need to delve, I need to delve further into a size back catalogue, but it's one of those records where once you've once you've named contemporaries, once you've dropped in through the major breakdowns, 
what else can you add? This is a modern contemporary deathcore record that doesn't force itself on electronics, but instead wraps itself around the kind of technical rhythm force that was present in early 2010s deathcore, but just done to a really, really high standard. And it's got bloody Ben Dure from Shadow of Intent on a vocal track called Eye of the Swarm. And it's amazing. And this record's sick. It's heavy, brutal <laughs> deathcore. What else do you want, like? Absolutely, absolutely. Like you say, if you if you look at this album, look at the track listings, look at some of the songs, look at who's on it, look at their contemporaries... I mean, did you read the PR notes that were described yeah. it as like sort of like festering yeah. filth or something? Yeah. In like the album. Shout out line. Lisa Covered. Shout out Lisa Covered our man. She's amazing. <laughs> I mean, this this is I could only be a black metal album, or you've got a cow that's just shitting in your back, like you yeah. in your front garden or something like that. That's only one of those two things. And that's exactly what it is. It's the it's just black sludge. It looks condensed into the sound. And mate, if that's what you like fucking love this and we like that type of stuff because it is absurd yeah it's like amazing. some of the some some of the mosh calls and growls on here like, oh my it's hilarious yeah. <laughs> i was like, <laughs> to hear them happen again i'm like is that 45 seconds he's been <laughs> like there <laughs> was one bro like the, the thing happened and I, and I popped to put to pour some water and I came back and it's still going. <laughs> 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 I'm going to work and I'm going to come back and you'll still be able to break. Oh, it's absolutely astonishing. Um, but yeah, um, just if you like Deathcore, bro, like you love this. Like if you love this, these should be supporting Thigh Artist Murder. Yeah, absolutely yeah. should be. That, that's where that's where they desire to be. We saw him a couple of years ago, didn't we? We were like Ocean, Oceano and stuff. They're right in that slot. Yeah, no definitely. Really definitely, mate, 100%. Um, that's going to bring our episode uh, to a close before my interview uh, with vocalist Ricky from Asaya comes in. Uh, as always, thank you very much for listening, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. Subscribe to us if you're on YouTube. Give us a like slash a follow if you are anywhere else listening to us. Uh, we are going to be back... Um, I'm trying to think, probably two weeks, Sam. I think I, I don't believe from what I've seen there's any major albums coming out in the next couple of weeks that we need to do an extra episode for specifically to review. Unless something comes up, we are going to be back in two weeks. Your support means the world to us. Give us a, subscri- give us a subscription, give us a follow on Twitter at Noise Podcast. But stick around, my interview with Ricky comes in right now. We love you. Bye. So I'm now joined by Ricky Roper, vocalist from Asaya, the band that we have literally just talked about on the podcast and adored your new record, Loss. Dude, how are you? Thanks for coming on the show. I'm Spotty Dogness. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> apologies in advance for P's and Q's, but I'll try my best. <laughs> no worries, man. Um, you know what, mate? The first thing I really wanted to discuss with you was you're on Unique Leader Records and... Mm. I, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to what Unique Leader were doing last year, but this year, it, within the first four slash five months by the time Lost comes out, we're talking humanity's last breath, distant to the ground, <laughs> and, and, and yourselves, yeah. all within yeah. the first four slash five months of the year. Do you do mm. you pay attention to really like what's going on on the label yourselves? Are, like, are, are you discussing in the band that you're on this label that is literally hitting home run? after home run, after home run of, of signings and albums being released on their label? Uh, I do, uh, it's nice, because it's nice to be associated with this insane roster of talent. Yeah. But uh, I'm generally like a fan of the bands anyway. 
you know, like I'll listen to Distant all the time and Bound in Fear and Humanity's Last Breath and all these guys. So when they're dropping new stuff, it's something I'll be checking out anyway. And, you know, knowing that we're on the same label, it's kind of, it's kind of like seeing a family doing well, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of homely that some of our favorite guys in like the UK as well, being like, you know, ingested and bound in fear and stuff like that, are sharing this journey with us, especially in this crazy time. But yeah, it's, it's nice, but yeah, I'm not, I must admit, I'm not, I'm not too much of a pay attention to the metal world and the releases and stuff like that, but they certainly always appear on the radar. Like regardless, in the modern music climate, what does the band discussion look like, or what does it look like for a sire at least when it comes to discussion of label signings? Because we're seeing more and more bands go independent these days, and mm. people and people are generally more cautious of being caught out by bad contracts. Mm. Um, so what what's the discussion like for you guys? I know you've been on Unique. Uh, this is your second record on Unique Leader, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So you've obviously you've been on there for a while. What's the discussion like in a band in 2021 about uh, being on a label and possible next steps with the current state of the music climate? Dude, these are good questions, man. This is sick. <laughs> um, well, we're we've been doing this a while, man. Like there's like myself and Andy, like Andy, I think I think we started a band together when we were like 17 or something. So mm. it's like it's been like what like 18, 19 years we've been hanging around in the same bands or in different bands. Like, but I it's it's a tricky one because Osai has always liked to keep like, you know, hold of the reins and we like to know what's mm. going on and we we produce ourselves and we've got all these ideas of what we like to do and we've got friends who help us in the industry and stuff like that. But when Jamie Graham came along, it was, yeah. I, I believe it was immediately after the deformment of God's video. Um, and obviously he came on and he was just like, look, you guys are doing good. You just know what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I'll, I'm probably as, you know, I can help. So we were like, all right, let's fucking do it. So we jumped in with Siege Music at the time. And then he progressed on to like unique, unique leaders, sorry. And uh, yeah. He was like, do you want to come along? And we did all the, the stuff with that. And to be honest, mate, it's never been a second thought since yeah. that, since joining joining it with Jamie. We've just dove in for the ride together and it's been it's been great, man. It's it's it takes a lot of pressure off the band. And I think unless you're willing to be like full time, like everyone like commit fully to it, you need management and label and agency and everything else. Because kind of at the beginning when you're doing local shows and you know asking your mates if they want to do local tours and all that stuff that's all fine and dandy but when you want to start doing international touring and you know selling records worldwide and stuff like that it's it's very difficult to do by yourself and yeah i've you know so hats off to the guys who jumped in to help us on that stuff there's got to be like a certain level of maturity in the band though, right? When the discussion comes for like something as important as a label signing, like mm. man, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man, if I was in a deathcore band and Jamie Graham told me what to do, I would just do it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I'd be like, Jamie Graham thinks we should do this. So we should do this. Yeah. But obviously that's not the right way to go about it. Is it? It's about figuring out what's right for yourself. So was that, was there that, was there a discussion about, yeah, this sounds great, but should we actually talk about this for an hour or two? Or was it like, this seems like a good thing to do. Let's roll the dice and do it. Once again, dude, you know, it's like, we're very, so, 
so we know what we do, right? Mm. And we know what Osaya needs to sound like, et cetera, et cetera. But when someone comes along with experience who knows more than us, you, mm. you can't disrespect that regardless. Mm. You know, and Jamie jumped in quite a lot on the Kingdom of Lies records of being like, we should maybe try this attitude and try and do that. And we were like, hell yeah, let's just fucking do it and see what happens. Um, and things went well with Kingdom of Lies, you know? So... Um, I think in a sense, it kind of helped with the evolution of the band. We're kind of helping us focus on, on a more business perspective, but still being kind of true to what Osaya meant to us personally. And I think with Jamie being a fan, it wasn't a case of like a record label being like, you should do this and you should do this because it's this. But this was someone being like, you know what you guys do best? You do this best. Yeah. And I think you need to do this more and that. And when it's someone who's, you know, at the end of the day, people talk about labels and they talk about management and they talk about all this, that, and the other. But when someone actively comes to you and goes, I want to invest in your product. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a, there's, you know, there's a mutual respect between the two of being like, okay, so you need to do your job to do that. And we need to do our role in our jobs to be able to, you know, maximize the efficiency, blah, blah, blah. And you see this all the time, you know, bands join labels and the blow up and they find the right thing to sell and they capitalize on that market and it explodes and like you see yourself some guys can do it diy you know and but i think in today's day and age as well there's too much to stand out by yourselves yeah, as well yeah. so when someone who has an experience in selling records and in playing in successful bands and managing it's just like hey bro like we'll listen just tell us what to do you know i think it's a it's a it's a long way since enter shikari could you know sell out <laughs> yeah arenas diy just you know there's so many bands now and so many different you know avenues and categories and it, like genres and it's it's beautiful but it's crazy it's crazy looking at the grand scheme of things currently being in it so long you mentioned uh, the amount of bands there, and that kind of leads quite well onto my next question. Like, as a fan, mm. I feel like Deathcore is a much more exciting place now than it was when you did Terra Firma in 2016. Mm. Um, does that translate to the band at all? Do, do you feel part of a movement? Because for me, as a fan, and I've never been in a band or anything like that. I'm just, mm. I'm just really, really into alternative music. But in 2015, 2016. I was listening to Deathcore purely because it's. I still found it enjoyable. And mm. I knew in the back of my mind that uh, if it doesn't go any further than this, we're going to start plateauing. Now, like, it, we feel like we're in this whole new area of extreme metal. Does that translate into the band? Like, say, to go back to my actual question, do you feel yeah. like you're part of a movement? Oh, no, like, absolutely not. <laughs> Dude, like, honestly, like, we're we're still at that level where like if we see someone with a sticker on the back of like the phone or something or like if someone mentioned like and if we see our name anywhere like we're instantly in the whatsapp group being like oh hey guys someone's talking about us again and That's it's it, it would like we just we love every moment of it and I, I don't think that'll ever change you know mm. i just i just like to think that you know the more exposure to get you know the more opportunities to see this stuff will happen but i think I think, you know, deathcore isn't, isn't really like modern deathcore is a great term. Like mm. modern deathcore is a great term because 
when Defcore first started, you know, I remember first seeing Ultra Parish and I think it was Deconstruction on uh, Headbangers Ball or MTV2 or something crazy like that. And I was like, whoa, what's this? This is absolutely sick. Yeah. And then my life just kind of, you know, continued listening to Kill Switch Engage and Lamb of Gods and Triviums and stuff like that. And then Suicide Silence dropped this uh, destruction of a statue live video with the drama. And I was like, whoa, what's this? And that's, that's deathcore, you know, when I listen to it. But as genres have, you know, progressed through time, you know, down tempo is huge in, in deathcore now. You know, there's huge elements of slam. And I think it's gone to the point where, you know, Christ, if, you, if you've been listening to deathcore long enough, you'll know about the elitist problems that happened. You oh, know, there geez, was a huge, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think kind of, I, I'm not going to say that I understand, you know, what happened, but it kind of feels like the, the fight against elitism allowed slam and down tempo and all these other like elements to be incorporated into deathcore and us to be like, yeah, man. It's deathcore. We love this music. We love this scene and we support it. And before you knew it, you know, I mean, dude, we've played death metal shows. We've played hardcore shows. We've played slam shows. We've played down tempo shows. We just changed the set to adjust a little bit. But it's, it's because deathcore has now turned this huge, modern deathcore, as you say, has turned this huge branch and, you know, sound style that, you know, you could pick 10 bands that sound completely different and everyone would go with deathcore band. You know, yeah, but, yeah. Was it was it the cleansing that really did it for you? Because it no, it was it was no, height that got me on. It was uh, it was uh, the Family Guy EP that got me by Suicide <laughs> Silence. Yeah, my God, what a record! Yeah, um, I, I was I, kind of similar to what you were saying actually. Like, oh, oh, hate by the way, murder came out in twenty twelve, um but I didn't hear it until a couple of years after that, when I started mm. getting into like really extreme metal and it was literally mm. like anything I'd ever heard. Mm. And I started going backwards and obviously I picked up on the cleansing and stuff. No, here um, it is definitely one of them, bro. It's yeah. definitely a game changer album for all of us. Like the, the reason why I brought it up is because mm. loss, loss is really, really wicked. Um, mm. On the episode this interview comes out on, me and my co-host Sam gave it a really going review. It's just monstrously heavy. Um, nice. And, and I, I said in my review that it feels like a modern, unique version of Hate or Whitechapel self-titled album. Oof. Um, do you Oof. feel like where you can modernise in your own personal influence and fusing them together is the best thing you can do in the writing process? Like figuring out... We loved we loved this about uh, that as much as hate, and we're sick at doing mm. this. So if we put mm. our two hands together, we'll make this wicked record. And that's what I think loss is, just from a mm. personal perspective. Is that what you go in thinking? Um, well, loss is the first record where I haven't, when I wasn't involved in instrumentals at all. Um, yeah, I was going to ask this so, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Keeping and Andy did an absolutely incredible job on this record, man, and. I know everyone will agree the instrumental work on this record is stellar. Yeah. And I know they're huge fans of like Die Art. They love Decapitated and Behemoth mm. and Cattle Decapitation and all these bands. And the being inspired by these bands is is a is 
openly apparent on this album. We've never been one of those bands that have shied away from being like, we've been influenced by these people, yeah. you know, like, because there's always the risk of people being like, are oh, you copying or oh, you copying? And at the end of the day, man, like there's, there's very, <laughs> there's very rare examples of true improvisation, man. Like there's, yeah. it doesn't exist. Like once you hear a melody in your head, your brain always remembers that melody and you know that that works in the format. So the same thing I think happens in music, you know, like, like you say, hate, it's, it's a 10 out of 10 album, man. It's like somatic defilement for myself. Cleansing's another one. Um, the, is what's the Nephilim one with Oceano? It's got the Taken and stuff like that on. Oh, mate, I can't remember. Off the top of my you've put, you've Don't put worry, me there bro. now, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I put myself on the spot by saying the titles, <laughs> but yeah, that one as well, all like, whenever you hear these records, they'll leave an impression on you. And I think if you're any sort of musician, you can't not be inspired by this music that you listen to, especially when you're trying to represent it in like your own scene as well. You know, and it's, it's, it's all with respect, man. Like if there's any, any moment like that, it's, it's pure respect. Brand of Sacrifices, Lifeblood, uh, which is mm. another, another incredible album that's come out this year. Um, mm. That, that experiments with like sound effects and electronics. And I feel like loss is more organic from a musicianship standpoint. Mm. Mm. Um, is sound effects and electronics something you're willing to experiment with more in the future? Or do you feel like you'd be trying to jump onto an already moving train by this point? Because Brand of Sacrifice, <sighs> they've done it very well, but they're not the first yeah. band in Deathcore to do it. <clears throat> um, so do you feel like you'd be jumping on the bandwagon as such? Uh, or do you feel like it's something you would be open to including? Nah, not me, bro. I mean, if the boys came ahead with it and started writing this style, then I would be more open for it. But like, you've heard Terra Firma? Like, yeah. and then you heard Kingdom of... So Terra Firma used a lot of soundscaping. Yeah, yeah. We used a lot of like imperatives of using like the ambient sounds and the backgrounds to create atmospheres and stuff like that. And we'd obviously use the guitars and the vocals to like portray the concept that was going on at the time. I think that's kind of our way of doing it, mm. you know, instead of using orchestras and like industrial sounds and stuff like that, we just, you know, we'll just find a, a disgusting sound on the guitar and use that to give us, you know, but I don't know. I just prefer that sound and loss does have a lot less of those elements. I think loss will translate the most accurately live as well. We've always had like the back and tracks and stuff like that, but I think loss is so raw that you could have like just guys sit in the practice room with us and it's just the guitars and the drums blasting and the screaming vocals. And that's all we need, you know, this to portray this message of what loss is about. It's so intrinsically pained that we did not need any exterior effects to portray what we needed to say. You know, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but with Andy playing the role of both like guitarist mm. and producer now, mm -hmm. I mean, how, how he's done this record, I just do mm. not know. <laughs> to be honest, mm -hmm. how he's produced this, is he, I, mm. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall while he's putting these mixes together. Um, it's his full-time job, bro, for the record. Right. It's all... Uh, he, right, okay. Mate, he is a workhorse, bro. So right, okay. before you even finish, man, like just there's credit there. Like he puts the fucking graft in me. Sorry to right. swear again. No, it's fine. But... Honestly, like 
Oh, you need to tell me all the records he's produced then, because I need to listen to every album he's ever produced. Dude, uh, he does his he does his own mixing and mastering on stuff as well. I mean, we had Christian Donaldson step in and do the mix and master on this record, but from day one, it was Andy being like, "We're recording it like this. We're doing it like this. We'll have this result, and then we'll forward it to this guy." And it was like, "Right, Andy, lead the way." And it was right, it was okay. always and it's and it's and it's been like that since Terra Firma, mate. When right. Andy stepped in. Um, he, I remember him saying to me, he was just like, hey, Ricky, man, if you need help with the management and all that bullshit stuff, just hit me up, man. Like, I love doing that stuff. Let's do it. And within like a month, he was doing all of it. Right. Okay. See, and I was going to ask, are you having group mm, conversations about how the record should sound and then he executes it? Or does he come, is, or is he leading the conversation being like, this is what I think we should do. Uh, let's no, try it. And if it doesn't work, we'll do something else. Um. So Andy is a, is a lead songwriter and Keeping as a lead songwriter, so Andy will write a whole song by himself until he gets to a point where he's like, "I need some sort of like technical riff or some sort of thing that I can't get myself out of this hole for," and he'll forward it to Keeping, and then Keeping will write a riff and send it back, and then Keeping also will write his own songs and get to a point being like, "Hey lads, I've got this so far. What do you reckon I should do?" And like, yeah. I think once on the whole record, I think it was, um, I have a list next to us. It was. Uh, terracide compulsion that end breakdown that's the only time I've ever turned around and was like hey bro we need this riff on the end of that and he was like right give us 10 minutes and then he'd come <laughs> back but all these stems get sent to Andy then Andy mixes them into his own little his pre-production sends them to me and I'm like right boys let's get it what do you want to talk about let's and then they're like just fire away I'm like right I'll be back in two weeks or something and I'll just pen a concept and then just smash it out and send it back and then them boys might be like, don't like this line, don't like that line, can we tweak this? You know, Andy and Keeping are very good at listening to music, which is quite hard when you're a lyricist. Yeah. It's it's difficult to describe, but writers have this problem as well. Like you can, you, you know, you'll you'll write a story or something, or you'll and then you'll proofread it. And even if there's mistakes, you'll still pass it by because you're conditioned. To their own flow and as soon as you send it to someone else like that's wrong we need to do it like this yeah. we need to do it like that and we need to do it like this and mm. like i say man like osaya is built on respect and if two out of three of us are like this needs to change then we'll change it and that's that's basically it so it's it's not as if <laughs> as like i'm not i'm not trying to like detract from from andy here yeah but it's like everyone everyone does have their like keeping does write his own stuff and then andy will write his own stuff and we'll all meet in the middle um but you know the direction and everything else in the band is, is mainly manipulated by them too. You know, Mike, in terms of like the concept of loss, mm. I when I first got sent uh, the promo, I, I opened mm. up and I thought that's the best artwork I've seen in years. Because <laughs> like, I'm a bit, I'm right. a massive, I'm a massive Dark mm. Souls fan. I am. Um, mm. So like mm. I, I looked at that artwork and I was like, right, so like maybe right. someone along the line plays played Dark Souls has done this. Um, okay, but, but I, but like you know when I was talking about hate, hate mm. is like this album that oh you know over dramatized you know the concept of demons and stuff like that. I don't mm. get that message from Loss. I do mm. feel like I do feel like Loss is something that is uh, much more relate that you could probably relate to it, like a, mm. a track like War Within Our Walls. Yeah, like okay. th- th- that doesn't seem like a conceptual track to me. But the best person mm. to ask is obviously you. What's mm. the primary message that Loss is trying to convey from artwork to actual lyrical thematic idea? 
So loss is a uh, loss is a little different to the other two records. Um, Terra Firma and Kingdom of Lies were both written um, in a conceptual basis about an earlier part of my life, which I really struggled through, and I told it via a story, so it wasn't as um, like there would be no names and there'd be no pointing at people and stuff, and I could just get things off my chest. And people who've been through similar scenarios to myself who came up to us at gigs and being like, hey, bro, when you, when you said this line, did you mean this? And it's like, yeah, man, you know it. Uh, you feel it too. And he's like, yeah, man, thanks. And loss is current. And that's where it's different. Loss was written while I was suffering. It was, it was the pandemic. You know, it was, we were writing from home. Like, Christ, man, I hadn't seen Keeping Our Andy in over a year and stuff like that, man. Like, the the heartbreak and the that's what the whole album is about it's it's broken up into little sections of of moments of of like of the lockdown where i'd have time to just be left with myself and my demons and think about the things and my past and stuff like that temporal punishment is one of them buddy like you know people listen to the song and they'll think it's about aliens or they'll think it's about like demons or some stuff like that but it's really about you know temporal punishment in its essence is is suffering for your sin and then coming through the end of it and go to heaven and you know atoning for everything that you've done and kind of being in the lockdown and being like maybe i could have done this maybe i could have done that better maybe you know if i tried harder in music we would have toured more before the lockdown happened maybe if we'd done and then all this keeps going through and instead of just writing it linear being like hey man i'm proper sad because i'm in my house instead you know i'd write something like about being confined or being you know stasis was the one in that song being like trapped in a paralysis and it was also like a reference to sleep paralysis and and insomnia and stuff like that and only if you feel this can you can you pick out these these bits and uh war within our walls is another great one it's literally about just having like um like a toxic member in your friendship group someone that you think you can trust yeah. and they let you down like at, at the worst moment. And that's what the song is about. It's about a Judas, a Judas goat, like someone leading a herd to their demise, you know, and you've trusted this person throughout. But instead of being like, this person did this to me and I want to tell you all about it. I'll know. Yeah. I'll just write a story that relates to it. And, you know, this is once again, stuff that, you know, when you're alone in your room for a year or whatever, all you all you've got is your thoughts. I don't know if you've ever played Final Fantasy VIII. I have. My guy, but you have. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when Squall's lying on his bed and he's just like, man, I hate lying down. I can't sit here because all I do is think, you know, and he joins yeah, the party again. Yeah, yep. yeah, I yeah. truly, truly relate to that thing. I've always got to keep myself busy. Otherwise, I'll be doing this. And this is what loss is. It's not me thinking back on something. It's me telling you what's happening now, you know. Um, Mate. But... I hate Go to ask ahead. you a question that you've probably been asked a million times in interview mm. in interviews already. Oh, actually, before I do, how are we doing for time, mm. by the way? Are we, Dude, are we good? I, are we good? Bro, we can go as long as you want, man. Wicked. It's, it's my day off today. Wicked. So we can just um, hang. Um again, yeah, sorry, you've probably been asked this question a few times in interviews, and I do mm. try I do try and avoid asking like boring questions that you've already asked 10 mm. times already. But because of what you just said, I am curious now. Writing a record in a pandemic, did you feel mm-hmm. trapped within your own desire to use your this spare time that you wouldn't have had without the pandemic effectively? 
because oh, like, for, for creative bro. people they're kind of like they're like oh my god there's a pandemic so i must be productive and i, I must nah. do so i must take advantage of this spare yeah. time did you feel trapped in that no i worked throughout buddy um, um right okay i i'm a i'm a manager for a tattoo company and we had to survive right and while we were writing the records obviously andy keeping were in the similar like well they were in the scenario of the pandemic and they were like it's fucking go time let's do as much content as we can blah 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 and i was under that pressure of being like guys i'm sorry i can only give you such amounts of hours at this time such amount of hours this time which was great because this relates again to me not providing any of the instrumental work or helping of any of that because it meant the lads could just be like okay robert this is what we're going to do you're going to focus on your stuff and we're going to do our stuff and we'll just We'll get there at the end together. Let's let's do it. And they went off and they did their bit. And I didn't have to worry about a thing because obviously Andy and Keepin just handled everything, dude. Like they made it so easy for me just to be like, because it's hard writing a record, bro. Like, okay, imagine. And like one of my favorite stories about this is uh is Randy from Lamb of God. He has to hire a cabin and he has to leave his family because he turns into an animal when he's writing. And I relate to that so hard, bro, because I have to rip the scabs off like wounds when I'm writing lyrics. Like, I'm like, not getting too personal. I don't mind getting personal about stuff, but not getting too personal. But after Kingdom of Lies, like I found my old lyric book and I read through it. And like, I literally cried being like, oh my God, I can't believe I was in this mental state when I wrote this album. But loss is not so much that it's more like like rage and desperation and like being pinned against a wall and not having time to do things and not having like we don't even know when we're going to be next touring bro like we don't know we do we still don't know anything you know and when it's like we need to write an album you need to be creative you need to do this and you're battling trying to save your career as well as trying to save relationships and trying to like keep it's honestly it happens, man. Like, I, I am so proud of Loss because of this. Like, honestly, great records come through tragedy, man. Like, some of the best music was written after the wars and stuff like that. Honestly, man, like, feeling this co- going on in this record and with yourself, you know, being appreciative of the style and stuff, it, mm. it means a lot that, like, people can hear the torture that went into that record. And... <clears throat> Like, I mean, I'm just going to mention it once because people will probably probably mention it all around. There was times on that record where people would be thinking, what the hell is he doing with his vocals? And dude, <laughs> I was literally screaming. Like, yeah. like I would finish a day at work and I would just grab my mic and I would just give it. You know what I mean? And there was no technique and it was just, it was just, there's pain on that record, man. And we're not pretending like... Mate, I'm so glad you mentioned that because, like, I think there aren't many deathcore records I've heard that are, like, as legit as Lost in the sense of, like, I, I, I feel it, man. You feel mm. that you feel the anger and fury, like, mm. really, really come across in mm. Lost. So it, it really makes sense that you've said that now, that you would just mm. finish work and you just pick up a mic and you just unleash hell on it and not think about whether you were doing the right falsetto or anything like that, just oh, the right like, just like annihilate it. It makes my, so much sense. Yeah. My thing is always diction and, and range. Like, and as long as I'm in key and you can understand what I'm saying, that's, that's more about what I care about and whatever technique has to do that. 
you know, but when you're screaming, when you're blind screaming, there's a lot of addiction and there's a lot, you know, and it does provide a bit of power, a bit of power that you wouldn't get with concentrating on technique and, you know, for a record that's so well well done technically from an instrumental point of view, it is quite funny to to be like, oh yeah, times I would just scream with no technique. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> uh, well, dude, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to any because the way you perform on Temporal Punishment, dude, mm. uh, put ninety nine thousand out of put ninety nine point nine percent of people that are in the planet in front of a microphone, mm. they wouldn't be able to do what you're doing on Temporal Punishment. So I, w- I would I wouldn't say no technique, mate. Um, it's a yeah. That one's a good song. That one's a that one was that was an earlier one. If you want to know, that was an earlier one in the pandemic. That was done about ah. April, I think. April, ah. May, yeah. But yeah, go into as much detail as you want here, because uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. it was quite a personal thing. So please, mm. if if you don't, don't go with, like I say, go as deep as you'd like to. And um, mm. you mentioned finding uh, your old lyric notes from from Terra Firma and stuff, and mm. um, and now you've got to loss. Mm. that a timeline that even though in the immediacy of finding it again you found yourself overwhelmed with the emotion is mm. actually being able to view the timeline of where your mindset was over the last five years something that you found helpful in the long run oh or dude was that like, this sucks i'm throwing oh, this away i i cannot stress this enough to people who go through mental health battles like we're we're all in it together and honestly just every step forward is a is is a conquering step like I, I, it sounds stupid, but I do like struggle. You know, I do like leveling up and looking back on things and being like, man, like I did, like I did this while I was going through this, you know what I mean? And then when, you know, by, it's quite funny. We were actually talking about this today, like, um, keeping mentioned it today, like talking about the pressure of the album and keeping at one point, cause I was obviously stressed with work and keeping turned around and you was just like, Hey bro, like you've never let us down ever. Like just do what you got to do and we'll meet you at the end. And it was just like, hell yeah, yeah, let's get it, you know? And we've all, Christ, we've all suffered together. And I think that's what's so cool about Osaya. Like, you know, people like to look at bands and just be like, oh, they've been together for this many years. But we haven't. We haven't, man. Like, we've, we've been together for a long time in different bands mm-hmm. or just as bros. And we've suffered through a lot of things together. And when you can all combine that into a record and... You know, it's cool, man. Like, I don't think many people have this opportunity to look back on chapters of the life and relate it to a band or a record. Mm. You know, it's just like, you know, Terra Firma was like, oh, hey, this is when I conquered this and I started doing this instead. And oh, Terra Firma, like, Kingdom of Lies is when I did this. And, you know, and then now when I look back on Loss, it's going to be like, I mean, I need to listen to it again. <laughs> I've had some time off it. I need to listen to the record again and fully go through it again. But even just talking about it now, it's it's something that I felt wasn't created but conquered. And like I just I just want to get it into people's hands and I want to get it on the stage. I think that's where we're really going to sell what it meant to us properly. Well, you've essentially written three diaries, haven't you? In, in <laughs> yeah, five years, much. essentially that's yeah. what you've done. Yeah, totally, bro. Totally, bro. I've like. Terra, terra firma was probably uh t- to like birth till 16 and kingdom of lies was like you know i probably about 25 20 26 and then um loss was current 
been like just just about the lockdown. I didn't I didn't have much tragedy after that, dude. I've I've had a great life. Like Happy from that, man. from from my, my mid twenties, I'm surrounded by really beautiful friends and beautiful, just a great industry to be in, man. Like I know there's a lot of toxic elements in the music industry and stuff like that, but you know. I think the music industry is one of those things where you can tour with a band for one week and then you're the best friends and you tell each other your deepest secrets because you just have to be like that. You just have to be, trust each other and just have each other's back. You know what I mean? Like, quick story, man, like Cattle Decapitation, like we're on their second show and they plugged uh, one of their power packs into the direct into the wall and because they're an American band or whatever, it blew all the power packs and oh. like they were all like really stressed about it on stage. You can imagine what the scenario was like and yeah. we barely spoke to them because it was day two and like I ran into the middle of them and I was like, guys, please don't argue. Like just give me two seconds and I sprinted to the back and I was like, Andy, rip the stuff out of the back of the box. We need power packs. And he was like, right, what's up? Told him the story, ripped it out, ran back on stage with a load of power packs, sorted them out and then their manager came next door and he was like, right, anything you need, anything you need, you just talk to me. That we're doing, this is, this is it. And it was just like, yep, that's fine. And vice versa, mate. Anything you need from us, we're doing this together. And that's, that's the way music should, should, that's where all art should always be. Mm. You know, but yeah, sorry, quick little divergence. No, from that, dude, that was fascinating. That's, that's the OSI away, man. Like it would have been, and dude, it wasn't because it was Carl Decapitation. It could have been any band. It could have been a band's first show and we would have done it too, you know? I'd love to hear that. We've been, awesome. we've, been, we've been there, man. And like, dude, I've played shows um, like in a competition environment where people have taken fuses out of the back of my amps before I've went on stage and I went to turn my amp on and they haven't worked. And like, I, it, bands would sabotage bands for gigs and stuff like that. And it's just like, hey, bro, we aren't playing that battle. You know what I mean? You do that if you want to, but that's not Osiah. You again, you've brilliantly led on to my next question here. Um, there's loads of snobbery in extreme metal in the fan mm. bases, which I find mm. interesting because it, there's loads of snobbery in the fan bases. It doesn't seem mm. like there's any in the bands because you know, in your <laughs> in your case, you've worked with oh. Jamie Graham, Jason yeah, Evans, man. and and yeah. also Jason Evans from Ingested on this record, and Ben Jewell from yeah. Shadow of Intense. My God, yeah. Shadow of Intense so much. So yeah, man. again, for me, dude, I'm not a musician. I'm not in a band. Um, so mm. it's for me, it looks like all the snobbery and extreme that exists in the fan base. And there's actually, I mean, maybe there is a little, but there's very little in the actual bands. I'm gonna, Am I far I'm gonna, off? No, I'm going to tell you what it is, bro. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's a similar scenario to what I was saying when you tour with a band and you just need to be best friends straight away. Because if you want to, if you want to make it to the top or you want to stop being any sort of successful, you won't get there by backstabbing. Like the only way you can make it is to make it through friends. And anyone who thinks otherwise has not been in this game long enough. Like, honestly, like you won't get there if you think you're going to do this by yourself. Like, and that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Bound and Fear, we've done quite a lot of shows with them guys, you know, Ingested. We are incredibly close to Ingested. Ingested, basically, when Osiris started, <laughs> well, before Osiris was Humanity Depraved, and me and Keaton went to see him at, at Ghost Fest. And I turned around to him and I was like, we're going to sound like them with breakdowns. <laughs> mm. And Humanity Depraved started. And then Osiah came from Humanity Depraved. And throughout, we always, we told Ingested this many times, you know, and we've been, you know, we're very close with Ingested. We've, we've done a few runs with them, et cetera, et cetera. And they're killing the game. Like they're doing so well. And 
coincidentally, they're some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah. So figures, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's all these like new entry level bands that are trying to promote this tough guy image, but actually believing in it and pushing it on other bands and stuff like that, rather than just being just who we are. You know what I mean? I'm, we're not, the majority of us aren't bad people, man. Like the majority of people in the music industry are, are, are like attracted to the alternative scene is because they feel like they don't belong in the normal scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would you want to, like, once again, war within our walls? Like that track. Why would you want to fucking start a war within your own walls, man? Like, just yeah. fucking build them up for each other. And if they get high enough, bro, they'll take it with them. And I'll tell you what it is, like, Ingested are a great example. They're great guys. They've done a lot of runs and stuff like that. We've been great friends. We've helped each other out in the past. And, you know, it. I didn't document about this much, but uh, Jason had some personal commitments that he had to stay at home for. So Ingested called me up and they're like, hey, we're going to fill in for Ingested for a couple of days and help us out. And I was like, yeah, bro, let's do it. Because it was yeah. automatically a level of trust and a, and a level of professionalism. Because when you do these... Now, if I was some snobby arrogant elitist whatever you know what i mean we wouldn't have had that working relationship from being you know you can't and like i say man like just help each other out man just be who you are in normal life i read an interview with with one of the band from several years ago i mean it, it probably was during the terra firma days um, mm. and at that point i forgot the actual member it was now so i do apologize for that off the top of my head but regardless mm. uh, the discussion was that one of their goals was to be able to turn a sire into something they could do full time um that'll have been yeah as time has progressed and you've mm. got these three three records of really really great back catalog um have those goalposts moved at all? Or are you just trying to no, stay as humble, to, as humble as possible? Still want to do it, bro. We're just, we're, we're, we're like, I'm not going to say we're one of the rare bands, but we're one of those bands that want to work. Like yeah. we'll do the, 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 the tours. We'll do the, the rough, you know, we've, we've done tours in, in, in vans where we've had to like sleep upright you know what I mean? With with amps on our laps and stuff like that for 50 euros where we've came home, like, you know, wondering if we're going to be able to pay rent. And that's never changed. It's never, never changed once, like throughout the whole process. And, you know, our time will come, man. Like, I feel like a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of people kind of sleep on us, man. Like we, we work really, I'm not trying to, you know, be egotistical about this, but we work really hard, man. And we, we strive to make a great product that people can believe in and relate to and want to support. And we support our fan base and everything like that. And we'll get our time soon, man. And when it's time to hit the road, we'll, we'll do it till we break. We'll be, we'll be on the road forever. If we can. Right, <laughs> amazing. And you, you deserve that. Um, because losses really in a year where there's been humanity's last breath, distant uh, to mm. the grave, Mm. Band of sacrifice, mm. mate. Losses, swinging fists with all of those records. Like, yeah, I, I, I always yeah. like to give it time before I start like categorizing. Say, mm. I think this is the best. This one's second best, etc. Mm. Mate, I've, I, for me, losses absolutely swinging fists. That's all right. Hey, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> my dad, my dad dropping to give me a cup of tea. Um, oh, so, lovely guy. 
so um dude we've got to a section now where i'm going to drop uh 20 uh questions on you in the quick fire round uh they've got two cho- you got two choices you got one or the other um oh the- yes i shouldn't have trained so hard at the gym before this let's go <laughs> the quickest we've had so far was one minute and 45 seconds uh from, oh, Luca- from <laughs> lucas woodland holding absence vocalist so right um when you're ready to go i'm going to start here i've got 20 questions for you uh one choice out of the two options i'll give you do it let's go Batman or Superman? Batman. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Jeans or shorts? Shorts. Favourite Osaya song? Temporal Punishment. Diotis Murder or Whitechapel? Whitechapel. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Soap Opera's good or bad? Good. Your favourite album of all time? Uh, Exoplanet by Contortionist. <laughs> Best time of the day? Nighttime. Your as favorite, as possible. Of course, that's metal as fuck. Your favourite non-musical hobby? Oh, wow. Uh, gaming. Love it. Uh, Metallica or Iron Maiden? Oh, good one, but it would be Metallica. Hardest Osiris song to write? Oh, God. Right, that's stumped. That one gets everyone. Uh, that one gets no, it's, uh, it's the, the Eastern Star. Um, best band member to be around in the studio? Andy. Best gig you've ever been to? Um, Andrew WK in Leeds. I love that. Uh, best gig you've ever played. I didn't see that coming. Best gig you've ever played? Uh, Alborg. Um, Metal Festival. Whatever this bracelet is here. Awesome. Uh, Ketchup or Mayo? Mayo. Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Black Sabbath or Motorhead? Black Sabbath. Best piece of advice you could ever give someone? Protect your hearing. Dude, you're coming at one minute and 32 seconds. You've done it. You're Dude, that was with us. We, we stopped as well in the middle yeah. to comment on something. Mate, you, mate that was amazing. I, I, thought, I, I never thought we'd beat one minute 45. Dude, you're top of the leaderboard, man. That is it's awesome. all the pre-workout I'm on, mate. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm, still, I'm still in gym work, man. Dude, great questions, those quick fires, man. Dude, yeah, like, well, um, I'll try and make it like as fair, but also yeah. as possible, but also something to give yeah. you something to really think about. No, um, no. I've, I've had a few people after the show message me be like, oh, dude, I should have said this one. Um, nah, but all of them, all about, I'm, I'm, no, they're fully, fully right. Like, dude, Batman's my favourite. Like, oh, you know and, what, Andy is a is a driving force to work within the studio. He will say no or yes without <laughs> any hesitation, and it's what you need. Like, mate, um, continue, I, like, yeah. Every guest we've had, I've asked about Batman or Superman. Not one person said Superman yet, which I'm glad because I'm all about Batman. Mm. Like, literally, no one has said Superman yet. It's oh, fascinating. Superman's got, he's too overpowered, man. It's so yeah. stupid. Everyone loves the underdog, right? Well, um, dude, I know that press interviews can be like really like boring and, and like a real like chore for you sometimes, man. So I appreciate 40 minutes of your time tonight, man. This is really no, good. I, like, I enjoy I'm meeting people, this. dude. Like I enjoy meeting everyone. Like you, you got you got great energy, mate. I really enjoyed being able to see your face throughout this. I didn't thank know you, if it was going to be no video or not, but like, it, I, you're very. Thank you for what you do, man. I can oh, tell geez, you're really man. passionate. No, I can tell you're really passionate about this, and this is this is what us guys on this end need. You know what I mean? I'm going to leave this very happy. You know, I, I really appreciate that you give a shit. 
about us, mate. Once mate, again, apologies. Do. No, mate, I absolutely <laughs> do because, because loss, loss is so, so wicked. So congratulations yeah. on that. Uh, when Thank the you time, again, When man. the time comes, mate, that you're around Birmingham or Wolverhampton, uh, I'm going to do mm-hmm. everything I possibly can to be there. As Obviously, as soon as possible, that could that could be. Um, December. Mate, I will be there. December, Birmingham, with Bound and Fear and God Eater. I'll be there, mate. I'll, I'll see you then, bro. You will see me. I'll see you uh, then. Dude, I appreciate your time. Congratulations on loss. All the best, bro. Thank you very much for everything.